Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hello everybody, welcome to What Culture Gaming. I'm Scott, joined by Josh. Hello Scott. Josh, my friend, my youth, my young friend, a man who might be a little bit more into, uh, in, in theory, the stuff that the ESA are planning um, for this year's E3. Turns out they want to do a reimagined all-digital version of E3 and um, to take place between June 15th and 17th. Um, now, this, it reminds me a lot of what they tried to do at the start of last year, where they were all, you know, all in on the social chits and all the cutainment oh, God, and yeah. all the... We're going to make it this FOMO thing, this big crazy thing for everybody to sort of, you know, you need to be at E3, um, which we'll obviously get into. But um, this comes from Video Games Chronicle, who uh, write up saying that the ESA's intention is to hold multiple two-hour keynote sessions from games partners and award show at June 14th preview night and other smaller streams from game publishers, influencers and media partners. The event would be supplemented by media previews the week before, as well as demos released on consumer platforms. All that stuff sounds cool. Um, mm-hmm. However, later in the report, they say that they've talked to at least one major games company has confirmed to VGC that they'd rather just do their own thing rather than pay the, rather than pay the six-figure sum required to join this E3 2021 oh, schedule. What? So I think E3, ES, the ESA behind E3, think that they're this like insane, untouchable thing. And I love E3 too. Um, yeah. But I think they think there's more cash in there than... They, why would you pay a six-figure sum to do a live stream when you could just hit YouTube record and just do it yourself? Exactly. I mean, like, like we've done so many videos on E3 in the past. And to be honest, like the biggest surprise was that I saw this news go up last night and I thought, oh, yeah, E3 is a thing that exists and happens <laughs> sometimes. Is. I completely forgot about it because we didn't have one last year. And all of the other studios and other publishers have essentially adapted and just started doing their own things. And yeah, at this point, it kind of feels like E3, whilst I do love Love it. I love having that, you know, weekend to look forward to, looking forward to all the press conferences, all the news and stuff like that. It very much feels like a case of E3 as an institution, as a, as a you know, com- not a company, but, you know, like a, an event feels mm-hmm. like it, it, it has this mentality of you need us more than like we need you. And it's kind of like playing the arrogance card, whereas everyone's just kind of like, nah, we don't. We can do our own <laughs> thing and we don't need to pay you all this money to do it. We're in the digital age. All the stuff we accomplished at E3 business-wise on a, on a big publisher level, you know, that's still necessary for like a lot of indies and stuff and that sucks. But from like the likes of Sony or, you know, EA or Ubisoft or whoever, like they don't really need to do it and that kind of sucks because I, like we said, we love E3, we love that weekend. But, you know, this reimagined idea of E3 was kind of called it the question before the world went to hell anyway and it couldn't happen you know they were talking about this earlier last year and even then we were kind of like really that's that's your that's your plan that's your plan to attract well, that was, the that was 
Yeah, that was why I sort of opened on being like, oh, they're sort of like faux-targeting the youth because it's just like, oh, if we go down all these all these fancy buzzwords and trying to make this app that you would access when you're standing in line, cutainment and all that kind of crap. And it's just like, I mean, I, yeah, I love E3. I grew up with E3. The idea of a big E3 reveal is something that is a mix of nostalgia and something I think is essential to gaming. I like that we have our like gaming Super Bowl where everyone yeah. checks stuff out. However... Um, having seen the rise in directs, like obviously Nintendo Direct was the first, and then Sony do their state of play, and in various different companies like Ubisoft and whoever have done live streams, I still find that that is a nice supplementary version of that feeling, where it feels like you know something trends on Twitter, a certain franchise starts being talked about, everyone sort of piles in um, and checks it out. It's almost like a live version of like a weekly TV show or something, yeah. and I quite like the idea of spreading the E3 energy ac- across like an entire year. Um, but there is also nothing like E3. Um, I feel like the Game Awards are getting a little bit closer um and i think that but then again keely can't help himself taking every deal possible so that like it was a better balance i thought at the end of last year but the 2019 show um was just so many advertising deals and hardly any awards and it's kind of and he still wants the trailers to show off and it hasn't really found its specific um we know format kind of thing whereas e3 we know what to expect it's it's big demos being shown off for the first time um i guess like yeah what do you think of the like necessity of e3 is there is there there even a world where it's just live streamed and that's it going forward i think you could do a digital version of it i think that makes a lot of sense like so Mm. many other industries so many other events have have adapted to be uh digital and we've saw even before you know e3 you know couldn't do it 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 couldn't happen in person you know like Mm. the nintendo directs were obviously like a huge success sony state of players while starting off quite slowly eventually got into their groove i thought last year and their big playstation 5 ones came out the you know, caught swinging or whatever. So I think mm-hmm. if you did do an all digital E3 where you got everyone on board and you did just have this weekend of, you know, like presses and big trailers to show off and stuff like that, like that is not really replaceable in its like most pure form because we've seen a lot no. of attempts to do it. You mentioned the Game Awards there, but that doesn't feel like it has the same level of impact as E3 no. weekend does, you know, and even the state of players or the directs. They're much hyped up, they're very much looked forward to, but mm-hmm. they don't come with the same sense of gravitas or the same sense of industry precision and focus, I don't think, that an E3 weekend does. But maybe mm-hmm. that's just the future, man. Like, I think the studios could obviously pivot to a digital future where they're just dropping these announcements when they feel like they're ready. And that mm-hmm. might even help the devs, because there's that side of it to think about as well. Obviously, yeah. vertical slices take a lot of time away from the actual development of the game because it's not really just you know it's not just a cut out of what they're working on like that takes a lot of time to polish and to get those things ready for a press event like e3 we've had so many reports about how that's impacted the main development of the game and it's kind of thrown it into disarray and caused delays and stuff so maybe being able to show things when they're ready to be shown and when there is a confident rollout of things to push ahead with maybe that's the best way forward like i can imagine that even if E3 goes ahead this year. Like Sony, I imagine, might not want to be there. They didn't want to be there like last year. EA has kind of distanced its, itself from it. You know, mm-hmm. who knows who else was. Well, E3 is in such a. Like, they're in such a weird spot, and obviously there's the, the reality of what's happening right now, like, obviously directly affects the idea of masses of people being in one place at, at one time, so it's like, E3 or the ESA are kind of, like, trying to roll with a punch, although, like, you know, we can look to the stuff they were planning even before everything happened, like you said, and it's not like their plan was amazing beforehand um, as to how to keep E3 relevant in this world of, you know, directs taking off and live streams and, uh, you know, streamers in general being a bigger entity in gaming and something that you can sort of play into, um, but th- that idea, though, the, the vertical slice 
thing, the demo thing, like that was one of the biggest um, talking points that came out of like the idea that you could just make everything live streams is because, you know, diverting the resources away from main development to create a vertical slice of a game, like a separate area or you siphon some part of it off. Just in the modern context, I wonder how much that's even doable anymore. Like, I think it yeah. depends what you're making. Um, but if you've watched like No Clips um, documentary on Hades or uh, when Double Fine Adventure did their whole thing about Broken Age, um, and they just literally they talked about the reality of you know siphoning off a portion of the game and how that just isn't really conducive to this overall sort of goal that you're heading towards because you have to sort of start making all these separate goals to make a little mini version of the game, yeah, um, which might not even be the one that comes out at the end anyway. So I don't know if they have to adapt in that way as well. 100%, I mean, you hit the nail on the head there, it's exactly what I was going to say, you know, because mm. the, the, the matter of fact is, in my opinion, um, that these vertical slices can do more harm than good anyway. Like, it's always yeah. great to see what the new Uncharted is envisioned to be played like, but at this moment in time, we've seen so many vertical slices just disappoint. I am hesitant to bring it up yet again, but we saw the Cyberpunk, <laughs> you know, 40 minute demo. That was, for all intents and purposes, a vertical slice, you know what I mean? So yeah. you're setting these expect expectations of what the developers want the best version of the game to be. But the mm -hmm. reality is, like, no matter how good you are, the best version of how you envision the game playing is not what you're ever going to hit. And I feel like all of those vertical slices, for as much as they create hype, only mm. ultimately in the long run kind of create a sense of disappointment when the game comes out because it's never going to be as as good as that. So I would like the industry in general to kind of move away from that, be more honest mm. with their marketing, be more honest with what they actually have to show. Like, don't crunch for a demo that isn't going to reflect the final product anyway. You know, no. like, it just doesn't seem like it makes any sense to the reality of how big and bloated video game production is in 2021. Come on, like... Yeah, I would love it if we embraced more of a, here's what we're aiming for, here's everything in production, like here's the, you know, we've, we've got this logo, and we've got these ideas, and this is the main character, we've got this much nailed down, but they give you a window into the main game's development, forget about vertical slice stuff, um, you know, because yeah, it's cool to have a demo, and if the project is small enough and it's feasible, then fine, um, but I, for me, like, I just think that gaming is lacking that window into how they're made in the first place, it leads to so many disparities on like, well, you showed this feature, therefore it was promised, and it's like, but on the creative yeah. side, the dev, the creative lead can be like, well, well, actually, we didn't think that was going to work out, so we took it out. Um, but you showed it three years ago, so where the hell is this thing? And I would love more conversations around games in production and just like, yeah, I mean, maybe it gets away so much from the glitz and glamour of old school, you know, like yeah. the big E3 press conference, the, the production size. You're able to say, hey, it's this big thing, big reveal trailer, and this is what's coming. But I don't know, like, if they if they cut all of that stuff out and just said, like, look, now over to Bioware, they're working on Mass Effect 4, and then, like, they tease whatever they want to um, in the same sort of way that you would introduce someone to the project if you were just talking to them anyway. Um, and you can jazz it up a little bit, but you don't have to worry about producing what, you know, quote-unquote final assets. You can just be like, this is what we're aiming towards, and we think we're going to include this feature, we'll see how it goes, and just kind of have the, the video game equivalent of that time we saw Ryan Johnson and the Star Wars crew standing on the Acto Island in Ireland um, <laughs> just after Force Awakens where it was like well we're gonna continue you know we're, we're gonna go from here and we'll see what happens um, for me that would be enough but I, I don't know how much the like an audience of like a industry this big would respond to stuff like that well I think you can have like a nice balance I think we I, I don't want it to be a case of you know copying what EA does because I think they do it poorly right. where they like literally just go to a guy in the audience and he's like yeah we're making a Jedi oh, God, Star Wars yes. game that's <laughs> awesome and then it's like how's the battlefront looking and it's just like a behind the scenes thing of people working yeah, on computers that. and it's just kind of like well this is this is not getting me exciting I think you can have like a middle ground between that kind of Openness and you know, not just making these kind of like demo vertical slices. It's a bit like the sound of time thing. 
You know, like the, yeah. um, the 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 way that the Sounds of Time remake was yeah. shown off, where it was like totally. interviews with the or like talking head segments with the dev team, and this is what we're working on, this is what we're hoping for, this is in progress. Obviously, the irony with that example is that it's been canned and delayed, uh, or delayed for now and potentially delayed indefinitely, depending on who you read. Um, but that for me would be is way closer to how you should show a game in production rather than pretending it's something when it's still years away from being released. Yeah, I mean, yeah, especially for, for games that are literally years away from being released. Mm. Like, I don't need a demo for The Elder Scrolls Six right now when it's going to be not coming out for, like, what, five more years or something, you know? like 20, yeah. Something like a, just, like, a teaser trailer or, like, a CG trailer. Like, that's enough to get you in. That's enough to get you hyped. And, yeah, if a game's six months away, there's no harm in having a big gameplay dive because mm-hmm. chances are that's going to be the actual gameplay that you see. Like, something like, you know, Fallout 4, when that came out swinging at Bethesda's E3, and it was like, look, the game's six months away. He's every, he's how it will play, more or less. Obviously, there's still going to be changes, but it's not kind of an envisioned version. It's like, this is what it's more or less playing as right now. He's the full mm-hmm. game. Like, that's cool. Like, live gameplay is always awesome. I, I'm a sucker for a good CG trailer announcing a game that's quite far <laughs> away. It's just, you know, using those resources smartly and making presentations that get people hyped, but don't set a level of expectation that's just never going to be matched. I think it's, it's, it all comes back to that idea of what E3 meant to the industry, which is compl- which has just changed so much. Like you would you would prioritize slicing off a part of your game because we have to be at E3, we have to pay these crazy yeah. fees and make sure that our you know brown name is in there along the the list of all the other games that are going to be at E3. And I think all that stuff has been completely upended. Um, and ESA's approach to changing that is potentially admirable. Like they have to try and do something. But last mm-hmm. year's was very cringy. They're reimagined stuff now. It sounds good until you get to the six figure stuff where you're just asking a company to pay six figures for a live stream which it just if anything you've just reminded those companies that they can live stream their reveals instead yeah um like you know the, the esa don't play any part on those companies getting their demos on storefronts so it's like you're just the middleman really and you kind of always were but there used to be so much more importance <laughs> around that so yeah i mean let us know what you think down in the comments below is there any future for e3 and what would you have them do based on everything that you've heard that we've talked about for now i've been scott from whatculture.com i've been josh from whatculture.com i will catch you next time Bye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.